Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad to be here with you today. Hey, the music in the background is new, and it's really special. Uh, My friend Seth Creekmore from the band Creekmore created this song, Precipice, to go with Remember God. He read the book and then created this song around it. So I am just in love with it. The words are beautiful. The sound, as you can hear, is incredible. Make sure you check it out. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all the places that you listen to music. You can download the song. Again, it's called Precipice by Creekmore. This is a really special episode for me. My book, Remember God, released this week. And so I just want to talk to you about it. So I brought my friend Eliza. You guys know her and love her as my assistant, my friend, my travel partner. She and I are just going to talk about the book for a little bit. Also, I'm going to have Pastor Kevin Queen come on. He wrote the foreword of the book, and I thought it'd be fun to have him read that just so you can get your mind around where the book is going if you haven't heard it yet. And then he is also going to pray for us at the end. So um, Eliza and Kevin are going to be here with us today talking about Remember God. So if you have not ordered the book, it's available at all your favorite places. Barnes and Nobles have them, have a lot of them, and we love them. So you can get them there. You can get them at Lifeway stores and your very favorite local bookstore or Amazon, all the places that you would want to find the book. They have them. So make sure you order one. Tell your friends about it. Um, but if you read it and it impacts you, let someone know. That would mean a lot to me. That's the best way for us to let other people know what is going on with the things that we love, the books and the people and the work. And so if you wouldn't mind sharing, that would be awesome. So here's my conversation. Uh, actually, it's probably Eliza's conversation with me about Remember God. How do you feel? feel great. Yeah. How do you feel? Feels, we uh, Remember God releases this week, and it just feels busy today. It feels it? busy. It feels like we have a full deck of cards. Feels like we have a full deck of cards. Feels like we have a full deck of cards, and we're just playing them. We're just one playing them. We're doing the best we can. Exactly. We are doing the best we can. Um, thanks for being in Nashville. I am so glad to be here. You know, when we talked this summer about yeah. our schedule for the fall, and we were talking about this week and what it would look like for the book to release. Yeah. It just, the closer the book release has gotten, the more important it's felt to me to be here, which yeah. obviously I want to be here as my job. But yeah, I'm yeah. just really, really glad we get to be together for the I know, week. me too. Yeah. I'm really glad too. Um, what was your favorite part of today at, in Nashville? Oh my goodness. So today in Nashville, we started out really early. We went to the radio station. Yeah. Um, however, we are just fresh off from bro lunch. Bro lunch. Yes, with the bros. I don't even at know Crosspoint. that people know about bro lunch. Yeah, bro lunch. Well, you could probably summarize better than I could. I'm a special guest today on bro lunch. No, go. But we went out with the bros from Cross Point and we went to lunch and we laughed really, really hard. Oh my gosh, yes. It is so fun that I get to work on the same schedule as some of my friends from church. And so we get to go to yeah. lunch and and it's mostly dudes. And we just like eat at a barbecue place and laugh our heads off. Mm, we just laughed our heads off. I mean, I haven't laughed that hard. I mean, I laughed harder at lunch today than I've laughed in a long time. That was really, I mean, going. I feel like we laughed a lot this weekend, though, when we were yeah. in. We were in um, Spring Hill camps in Everett, Michigan. I heard someone on the plane telling you how to say it. I know. I was like, Evart? And they were like, no, I think it's Everett. Yeah. Everett. Yeah. 
It's kind of it doesn't roll off my tongue very. No, easy. <laughs> it's not quite as easy as one would hope. No. Um, okay, let's talk about Remember God. Yeah. Yeah. So Annie F. Downs, welcome what to the book. show. Thank today. you so much for it's having my me. Pleasure to welcome you <laughs> um, here in our office. That's right. Yeah. So Remember God is the book that you've been writing in the past year, and it came out this week. Yes. And how are you feeling about it? Do you remember the first day that we were on an airplane and I wrote the first chapter? And I mean. We, do you remember it as clearly as I remember it? So clearly. I mean, we like walked down to, I wouldn't even close my computer because mm-hmm. I was scared it wasn't going to save. I wouldn't even close it. And I walked, we walked down to like luggage to the conveyor yeah. belts. I can't remember what airport though. It feels like that one with like the hotel was, in it. I f- maybe Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think it was Pennsylvania because I was going to say, I feel like we were a little bit cold. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were going to, um, the conference in Pennsylvania. In Indiana, Pennsylvania? In Indiana, she Pennsylvania. Is free? I think yeah. we were. And I remember you getting, we were walking through the runway. Yeah. The, you know, exit part. And you're like, well, I think I wrote a chapter of the book. <laughs> kind of casually. I think yeah. I didn't realize till later, it didn't feel very casual to you that you'd written a yeah, chapter. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, no. oh, yeah, yeah, totally. We just yeah. write chapters on the plane, <laughs> which I know. Yeah. But... Yeah, and then I got to read it. I know. I wouldn't even let you like get luggage. I was like, I'll get the luggage. You just read you this read chapter it. off my uh-huh. computer. <laughs> I, as we speak, I can remember more and more clearly right where I was yeah, standing. I know. Me too. And I remember it made me tear up. On yeah, the, I can't too. remember if in the moment there was actual tears coming down my face, but I just felt it. And I remember just looking at you and being like, yeah, yeah, this is so, this is true and this is good. Yeah. And it just... um it felt alive. Obviously, that day, the story you'd written, I think it was the one about yoga. Yeah, it, it's the first chapter. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the very for real first chapter. chapter. Yeah, yeah. But I had, A, heard you tell that story yeah. um, that summer. So it felt alive because I was watching you live it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was the conception. Yeah. I think that's the interesting part of this book. I was just saying to my friend Mike, oh, you guys know Mike. He was on the podcast for when we talked about the song Right Now. And he was on a podcast went for he and his wife's band called Grace and Reed. But I was saying to Mike earlier, like I grabbed a chunk of the book and I was like, when you read this part, you're going to remember it really well because you were walking all of that with me. Mm-hmm. And it's just so funny. This one feels more um, up close than they've had than any other one has where yeah. it's like everyone who reads it. I mean, it, it is it just happened. But it also feels like I mean, luckily, that's why we have editors and my agent and and friends read it, like you read it before it comes out to go like, this isn't too, this is personal. This isn't too personal. Mm-hmm. Let's take out the pieces. Cause there were some pieces we took out that my agent was like, that is, you don't have to say all that. And that actually doesn't move the story forward. Yeah. So let's pull that out and let's add here because you didn't say enough here. But I think that is incredibly helpful um, to have that. And it's, but So then on days like today where it feels like, man, this week it's out and everybody has it and it feels very vulnerable. I'm almost like, but there were a lot of people who helped me decide what level of vulnerable was healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think we hit, we hit, we tried. We hit it as close as we could. So we sure tried. Yeah. And the thing I know that stayed consistent since the first time I read it, I've only read it all the way through once and then I've yeah. read different parts throughout the year. But the first run I got of the book was over Christmas vacation. Yeah. And I remember... Exactly. I was sleeping on a cot in my parents' house. Oh my gosh. And I was reading it in the dark on my phone because <laughs> I just couldn't stop. And the thing about the book that I am still saying to this day is it just 
I think it's life changing. Oh, and so and I just remember reading at that point and seeing the rawness and the vulnerability. Yeah. And it just made me cry and cry because yeah. I lived it with you. Yeah. And it just has this I think alive is just the word I would say from it yeah. because you you talk about how you didn't know where it was going necessarily yeah. in the midst of it, but you kept writing. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about that, about how yeah. this process was different than others. Oh my gosh, it was so different. Well, you you lived it. It was so different. I almost I almost ruined your life <laughs> writing this book. Um, yeah, it was so different because when I started it, you know, I started it um, when I was living about three-fourths of the book through. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like I was writing page one, and if I would have sat down and written page one, I would have had to stop at like 200 out of 240 yep. or whatever we have, because they're literally, I literally didn't know what happened next. So I was only about, I was only writing about six months behind the experience. And so I genuinely was going like, here's what's happened. And once that first year, once that year, last year, once I went to Scotland, which is the very, the very end of the book, I went to Scotland and England for New Year's and... Um, I came back and I thought, and I sat down with our my agent Lisa, who we love, love and her. just was like, I th- I need to tell you this story, and she was like, Well, that's your book, mm-hmm. and I was like, Well, I don't know where this goes though, you know, like I don't know what happens, and and so so yeah, for me it was so different from the others for Looking for Lovely and for Let's All Be Brave, my other two adult nonfiction books that are trade books like this versus A Hundred Days to Brave that's a devotional. With Looking for Lovely and Let's All Be Brave, I was looking back on a story and telling it. And this one, I was looking forward in the story and telling it and going like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm about to catch up to this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm writing at a pace that's going to catch me up. And that's that very last chapter. The epilogue is me and my buddy John Hart eating breakfast tacos and me telling him that I caught up. I am out of time. I've mm-hmm. caught up to the story and the writing and the book is due and it is not ending the way I thought it was going to end. Mm-hmm. And what do I do? And, and that has never happened to me before. I hope, honestly, I hope it never happens again. I hope that this is a one off of this type of vulnerability and this type of experience. I'm glad it exists. I hope it is a one of a kind. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I think all my people do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So knowing, Knowing that now, I mean, I know that now too. I remember in the midst of it, like we're living weeks of the story continuously saying like, what's going to happen? Surely like there's going to be this big moment, this big thing, not just because it's your life, also because it's a book. What kept you writing it? Yeah, uh, a deadline kept me writing it. Mm -hmm. I and I just knew in my guts, and you know this, it is funny for you and I to have this conversation because I'm like, you know, (laughs) because you lived it. But um I just knew that this was the next thing God was asking me to do. There just is not a question. We're making another decision right now in the company, and and you and I have processed it a ton. And what I keep knowing is true is I just know. I just mm-hmm. know. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I just have to do it. Like I have to. I heard a pastor the other week say, "On the off chance that I heard God, I'm going to obey. Mm-hmm. Just I'm I'm just if I did." I'm going to obey just in hopes that I can hear him and that I'm doing this well. And that's how I feel about remember God, just on the off chance mm-hmm. that this that this is what he was telling me to do. I knew I knew. So there was no walking away from the story because I I wanted to see how it ended. And I was scared if I stopped writing I wouldn't see how it ended mm-hmm. because your life just keeps going. And I was scared I wouldn't see the ending and I did see an ending. I mean it it isn't it didn't look the way I thought it 
wood, but there are pieces of it that were just insane, you know, mm-hmm. and so beautiful. But yeah, I, I, I had to write it. I had to write it. There's, I mean, that sounds like a silly answer, but I just had to write it. I didn't have a choice. Yeah, I did. I wouldn't give myself a choice. We always have a choice. It's like when people say, um, I don't have enough time. Oh, we all have the same amount of time. It's how mm-hmm. you're using your time. So I didn't have to. I just, I couldn't imagine not doing it when I knew it was what God was pressing on me to do. Mm-hmm. So knowing that and the fact that you're wrestling through God's kindness and yeah. how his character shows up in your life and how he answers you in your life. But then you had this push towards obedience is probably the word that you would put around that. Did you ever feel, did obedience and kindness feel like they lived in two different camps for you? Yeah, for sure. I think that was part of what made this book exist in the first place is Mm -hmm. I saw my obedience and I didn't see his kindness, Mm -hmm. right? Like I saw what I was hearing and doing um, I did not know what that meant um, when it came to God's kindness. So yeah, now, honestly, a year later, it they absolutely are the same. They are mm-hmm. one and the same. Our obedience to God is A, a response to His kindness, and B, a guarantee that you will see His kindness mm-hmm. because you're walking the path that He has for you, even if it's hard, even if it doesn't feel easy. I mean, even with the other decisions we're making, it's like, man, this doesn't feel easy, but we will see his kindness because we are choosing as best we can to be obedient to what we think we're hearing. Mm. And and so I I feel that about Remember God, that there's like this, um, that yeah, obedience and maybe one of the things that came for me in this writing was obedience and kindness got tied together when I actually thought they were opposing forces. Yeah. And, and the thing I would even say of thinking about your life right now and the way I hear you talk about obedience, obedience in the years I've known you and worked with you, obedience has always been important to you, but I feel like how I see that being true now is you talk about obedience is a word that comes out of your mouth a lot. Yeah. But I feel like now there's joy behind it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it doesn't feel, yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's probably true. And that was because of Remember God, Mm -hmm. because of writing that and experiencing that and and recognizing that 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 is the way I want to live. Yeah. Yeah, that felt, it feels really true and really, um, yeah, that feels really true. Mm. And I feel like it's such a, it's like a slight degree change, even in heart posture. Because a year ago before this, a year and a half ago before this story in your life happened, I wouldn't have said like, oh, the way Annie talks about obedience to God or doing what God's asking her to do is, it wasn't that you begrudged him, but now I feel like, at least in how you talk about it. and That could have been fair, though. That's not far, far from the truth. Yeah. But now it's like, it is the push that motivates you. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah. Because you know it's kindness differently. Yeah, I know it's kindness differently. That's right. And the obedience now just feels like... um, you know, Andrew Ripp said it in his podcast on Monday where he said, I know God better in the disappointments than I do in the breakthroughs. Mm. And I just think maybe I feel it. my lack of getting what I wanted from God has actually made him and I better teammates. Mm. And I didn't know that that would be true. But I feel like I understand better what it's like to be on God's team because I did not get what I wanted in the story. Wow, I know. Which is which feels 
countercultural and opposite of the world and upside down, but I think that must be how God works sometimes. But yeah, that's how I feel now. Yeah. So talk more about, there was a chapter I was flipping through today. I don't remember what number, but you were talking about how disappointment kind of began to be the default. Oh yeah. 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 I just think when you, for me, it's whether it's physical healing or change or relationship status or what you want with your work, when you keep doing what you think you're supposed to do and you keep feeling disappointed, Mm -hmm. disappointment starts coming first. Like it starts being a circle where you originally were doing the best you could and then you were disappointed and then you do the best you could and then you're disappointed. And then at some point it starts going, you're disappointed and you do the best you can. You're disappointed and you do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. Oh, look who it is. Kevin Queen. Pastor Kevin, come on in. <laughs> come on in, Pastor. Welcome aboard. Welcome. You ready? You're taking over from for Eliza's seat. Um, hey, Pastor Kevin. Hey. Listen, so today on the podcast, it's a whole episode about Remember God. Mm. And so my two, well, first of all, do you have any, well, one, here's what I thought is maybe you could read the foreword you wrote. I love that. How would that make you feel? That'd be great. Okay. They can't see that I'm smiling ear to ear. <laughs> Annie, I love this. Have you it's ever written a, a foreword for a book no, before? No, no, I've never been asked to before. Do you want to go tell our like 18 and 22 year old selves that in 25 years or 20 years, whatever, you're going to write the foreword to my book? That I could write that many words? <laughs> yeah, that I could write that many <laughs> no, words. <laughs> no, we always, we always knew We that. always knew yeah. you, Annie. That's right. <laughs> we always you had you words. Had Words for the world. Um, When I asked you to read the foreword, what did you think? Mm. I'm sorry. When I asked you to write the foreword, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, what is she doing? No, I just, I thought, um, I thought, what an honor. I mean, first thought was, uh, God, don't let me mess this up. (laughs) 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 So, uh, but uh, I just thought, I thought, what an honor. And and especially given the way that you had, um, you had kind of, been the forward for our ministry here, mm. you know, and so you you gave the message that kind of introduced yeah. us here, and I thought yeah. uh, thought what a special way to be able to, in some small way, you know, just be able to just tag team tag team that up, yeah, so. switch it up. That's really sweet. I hadn't cool. heard you say that before. Yeah, That's I don't really think cool. I've ever said that before. Yeah, I didn't in my head. That. Yeah. But. <laughs> Some of those words that I didn't say. Yeah, that's Because right. I'm working on that's right. not saying words. <laughs> no, we're going to say less words if we're going to do what Francis yeah. Chan says. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted you, I thought, we're not going to read the whole book to everybody. They can get the audio book. But I thought, what I wish I'd have done different in the audio book is had you come read the foreword instead mm-hmm. of me. So I thought, okay, so on my podcast, will you come read the foreword of the book just for people who maybe haven't read it yet or who didn't do that part or skipped over or whatever. I just would like for them to hear um, your blessing over the book. Yeah, just from my heart for you, for the reader. So when we loaded up the U-Haul and drove to Nashville to start a new season of life in a new town for our family of six, we only knew three people in the entire city. Annie Downs was one of them. My wife, Ree, and I have known Annie for 20 years. We were all part of a college ministry together at the University of Georgia. Go dogs. That's right. It was one of those movements that marks your life forever and leaves you saying, I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything for you, God. And God took us up on that prayer 20 years later when he called us to Cross Point Church. God had taken Annie up on her prayer, moving her here 10 years before. And being new to Nashville and knowing Annie, well, it's not fair. Because if you know Annie, you know the whole city. Because Annie Downs is friends with everyone. But most important, Annie is a friend of God. 
You hear it when she prays. It's in her eyes when she talks about Jesus. We see it at the dinner table and how she loves our kids, and it's evident in the way she loves our church. But I figured it out. The reason Annie has so many friends in Nashville is because the closer you get to Annie, the closer you feel to God. And when you get around Annie, you can sense the presence of her favorite friend. You sense God's presence in this book because in these pages, Annie is going to let you close. Probably closer than anything she's ever written. Possibly closer than anything you've ever read. This is a high risk as an author. Man, it's a high risk as a human. When you let people close into questions and convictions, wrestling and wandering, uncertainty and surrender, it's high risk, but it's also high reward. And the reward of this book is that it's going to help you with your memory problems. As humans, we have two kinds of memory problems. We forget the things we're supposed to remember, and we remember the things that we should forget. Kind of like spiritual amnesia. And when that happens, you don't need a cliche. You need a friend. A friend to come alongside you and remind you of the truth that matters most, the kind of truth that's going to still be true 100 years from now. And this book contains that kind of truth. And Annie Downs is that kind of friend. And as you read Remember God, you'll feel all the feels. That's just your heart waking up to the glorious reality of what happens when you remember God well. But the peace that you will feel when you finish this book, I believe this peace comes from the greater reality that in Christ, God remembers you. Hmm. So I pray a hundred-year anointing over this book, and my prayer for you is that these words grow your faith and impact your life in such a way that matters 100 years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for doing that. Oh. It's an honor. That was like such a blessing to put that at the front. I haven't done a forward in a real long time, Hmm. but I wanted, and I've said this to you, but I wanted you to pastor the reader before they read the story. Uh He did such a beautiful job with that. Well, thank you. Annie, thank you for that opportunity. We're so proud of you. Gosh, you're kind. Thank you. um, So the other thing I wanted you to do, if you would, as our pastor and the the unofficial, unpaid and un, um, I didn't even ask you, the official pastor of the That Sounds Fun podcast. (laughs) Add that to your something, your CV, your resume. Um, I would just love, Eliza and I are going to talk some more about the book, but I would love for you, would you just pray for the reader? You know, because a friend of mine and I, another author and I were on the phone last week and we were talking about, he was joking about his book being a failure. Mm. And we were talking about, well, if you're going to call it a failure, you better define what failure is. Mm. And if you're going to call it success, you better define what success is. And, and I have decided that success here is being faithful to my publisher and faithful to the work and talking about it to the degree that makes shows how proud I am of the work and proud to work with my publisher. Yeah. And then that people will actually believe that God is who he says he is. Mm. And, and if anybody does that, I'm not one of those like if one person, because I don't, I, I don't think that, but if the reader feels that, that's success. Yes. That's what I need here. Yes. And, um, not, not what I need. That's what I want here. Is that's what I'm going to call success is when people say they believe that God is who he says he is. Mm. So would you just pray for the readers of the book that they would, yeah, whatever is on your heart for the people who read the book? Uh, I would love to. Father, we thank you that you are sovereign. Jesus, we thank you that you are the word made flesh, that you came to show us what is true. And you promised that you would send the spirit that would be our reminder of everything you've taught us. So we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the reminder, that you are the one who helps us remember, that you are the one who gives us words, and you are the one who takes words off a page and you speak into our hearts. 
And so I pray for each person that opens this book. God, I pray that you would open up their hearts and that you would build faith in them. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would comfort them. I pray that you would fill them with your spirit. And God, as you give them knowledge and you give them understanding, most of all, we pray that they would know you and experience you. Jesus, you said, I have come that you might know the one who sent me. God, I pray through each page that's read in this book that people would know the living God Mm -hmm. and that they would remember, Holy Spirit, that you would remind them of truth. And God, as as they remind you of what you've said and as they remember you well, God, I pray that they would know deep down inside that you're thinking of them mm-hmm. and that your love for them would leap off the pages and into their heart mm-hmm. and woo them into their own story mm-hmm. of remembering well. And God, we pray that 100 years from now, we look back and we see how faithfulness to you and what you've called us to do, God, has been the key. So thank you for Annie. Thank you for how the words that you give her help shape worlds for people. God, the words that you've given her on these pages, and I know she wants to be faithful to you, so God, would you bless her faithfulness with fruitfulness? And then God, would, um, would, uh, would she be able to enjoy, God, being able to see how, uh, how lives are changed? And would we all tell our stories mm-hmm. of how uh, these words encourage our journeys in you? And it's in Christ and we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Any other final thoughts before you return to your life as a pastor? I think it'd make a great gift. I think, I think, oh everybody, I think it would make a great gift. And we all know somebody. We all know somebody it. who needs a new yeah. black-covered book. I do. I think it's a beautiful book. Um, and the outside uh, reflects what's going on in the inside. Oh, thank There's, you. So you've done a great job. You're man. kind. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. I'm grateful for you. Thanks for taking your time to come do this. Well, thanks for letting me stop in. Well, sure. You're our, you're our pastor of the podcast. Eliza will take back over. Come on. So uh, just to catch everybody up, right before a book releases, right when a book releases, I do dinner with friends to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And so you and I are going to go to the Queens tonight. Dinner with the Queens. Dinner with the Queens. Dinner with the, the Queens in Nashville. So I'm really excited about that. They are so dear. It is. It has been such a gift to have mm-hmm. a family that I have history with from before Nashville live here now. Yeah. It's super fun. Um, all right. What else? You know what else we should really talk about? Yeah. Tour to Taste Buds. You know, you read my mind as I was sitting over there listening. I thought that. Um, so we do this thing called Tour to Taste Buds that you talk about in the book. Yes. It's one of my very favorite things of my life. Mm-hmm. Do you love it? I love it so much. It feels like a thing we never meant to make a thing. Like right. it was our we own literally gift to ourselves. Want, yeah. Explain why we did it in the first place. Yeah. So Annie and I travel two to three weekends a month and we're always in a new city. Right. And, and we didn't want to just come in and come out and see a hotel and leave and be like, yeah, I went to Chicago and I, d- I don't, can't tell you anything about Chicago. Right. right. Instead, we wanted to go and learn about something that made the, about food or a restaurant that made the place the place it was. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we decided to create Torte Taste Buds and hashtag Torte Taste Buds, if you will. Sure. And, and I will. And we do. So basically, we usually do a little research or sometimes people recommend restaurants and we want it to be local. We want it to be original, not a chain. And right, ever. Not a chain. Never. Have we ever done a chain? Not on purpose. I don't think so. We don't tour to Taste Buds a chains. We've had to... There are times we've had to eat at chains. Precisely. It's not that we boycott chains. It's right. for the purpose of this experience. It needs to be local. 
So then we go and we eat there and then yeah. we make us ourselves a rating about our experience. We base it on three things, three things, a scoring system, one through five, number right. one. And why do we stop at five instead of going all the way to 10? Mm, I think it was easier. It's to easier. Do, yeah, That's exactly. Was that was totally going to be my answer. <laughs> it just is to do 10. It's just so complicated. So many variables. And yeah. given I do sometimes feel a little bit restricted for sure. Well, um, sure. between one through five, because if I go above three, you know my feelings, and if I go below three, you know my feelings. So it's just right. this fine line between four point five and five. If I really love a place, yeah. If you, but you were real generous this weekend. I know we went to Anna's house in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah, I just loved it. You went high on the fives. I went five five five. Right, like phone numbers at the movies. Yeah. Five, 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 five. <laughs> but here's what I think brought me over the top. We had a okay. really good waiter. Yeah, we and did. And when you have good atmosphere combined with good taste, combined with good people, right? That's what did you it. You can't yeah, you can't lose. Because we've had restaurants that might have had really good decoration. However, the waitress is a, a waitress. Like right. she's not mean, but she's, she's not, not like my best friend after Yeah, and today you had a best friend. I did or have this a best weekend. Friend. You had a best I said friend. he felt like my cousin Brandon. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Which Brandon took mild offense to. He messaged me. Oh, your yeah. cousin Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "What?" He takes a lot of pride in sure. his in being cousin, cousin placement. Sure, sure, yes. sure. Understandable. Besties. Um, yes. So, what's your favorite? I've never asked you this. What's the mm. best place we've ever gone? Okay, someone actually this weekend came up to me at the table and she asked that. Really? Yeah. And the place that always comes to mind is Mother in Sacramento. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think it was partly mm-hmm. the day and how we were. Like, I feel like... We can never underestimate our own emo- emotions. Yeah, our emotions always play uh, yeah, into yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. if we're in a tender spot and they're nice, I'm going to give it a five. It's going to be a fiver for sure. <laughs> um, but when you walk into Mother, I have a thing for spoons. Yep. And there was a wall of spoons. Yep. Had a really good nut burger. Yes. And it just felt... We were eating... There was a reason we weren't eating meat then. Lent. Lent. I think. I yeah, think it was Lent. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so you're I exactly had a right. nut burger. Right. Yeah. And, and it, was it was so incredible. good. It was super good. Mm, and it. I I still say Pamela's that I wrote about in the book is yes. one of my very favorites. It's just such a different place than we'd ever been before. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And it was the kind of place where there was a line out the door. Yeah. And you just felt you just like, know. oh, I'm in the right place yeah. of town. Yeah. yeah. Don't say the place, but what's the worst thing you've eaten? What was the meal? Probably that wrap we were talking about yeah. earlier today. The breakfast burrito. It was a breakfast burrito. And oh, so bad. Uh, yeah, like school Don't cafeteria. We won't even say what no, state no, we no, were no, in, no. but it was so bad. Was school cafe- Homemade meets school cafeteria. Yeah. But we paid American dollars for it meets at a public restaurant. Yeah, I mean, disappointment. <laughs> uh, exactly back to right. disappointment. That's right. Speaking of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so we rated on how atmosphere, yeah. how, the, how we feel, yeah, and then... Taste. Yeah. Taste. Yeah. Taste. Yeah. Atmosphere. How do you feel? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Atmosphere. How does it taste? Just pure enjoyment of food. Mm-hmm. And then how do you feel? Which the how do you feel is the one. Oh, the other thing about atmosphere that people always forget is that the food has to match the place. We're not looking for yeah, a yeah, fancy yeah. atmosphere mm-hmm. unless the food is fancy. If it's a homegrown restaurant, we want it to taste that way and look that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember yeah. when we had the fried pies, people got onto us because the place wasn't super swanky. But we were like, but also we're eating fried pies at a 
roadside stand in Oklahoma. Like, yeah. the food matches the locale. Hand pies. Hand for pies. Life. Gosh, they were that so was, good. I think that was the first Torte Taste Buds uh, story we did where we were like, Oh, this is a national outrage if we don't give a good score. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, right. That's all right. these people that we didn't know cared apparently cared. Really cared. About I didn't what know. We were eating. I know. And yeah. do, I, do you ever see? Do you ever follow the hashtag now and see other people doing yes. tortilla taste buds? I love it. Every week or two, someone will tag us yeah. in a story and be like, "Annie and Eliza, what do you think?" And yeah, yeah, do yeah. you know? Yesterday, someone went to another Anna's, and they were telling us about that Anna's. Oh, I didn't know there in was a another different Anna's. part of Michigan. Oh, same. Yes, it was Lee uh, from Michigan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love her. Yeah, me too. She's, She's great. Sweet. She's a great author too. But yes, their service. Yeah. Didn't compare to ours. No. Apparently, ours. Tim. Tim. Hey, Tim. We're hey, thinking Tim. about you. You're our favorite <laughs> waiter we've ever known. Um, okay, we got time for like two more questions about remember God. Do you have other things in yes, your head? I do. I sure do. Um, that was well, so nice of Kevin to come read that. I, I'm telling you, I started tearing up the minute he started talking. I know. He's so good. That sounds fun. That's Pos- actually pastor. one thing I wanted you to talk about is you do tell some stories that he's weaved into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what it just looks like to have him and his family here in Nashville yeah. knowing their place that they have in the book. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons I had him do the foreword is because about two-thirds of the way through the book, the pastor of our church left. Mm -hmm. And most of my podcast listeners that were there, you know, two years ago walked this with me. But, you know, he he left very suddenly and and we just felt like there was no hope or there was very little hope that our church would be okay. Our staff worked so hard and put so much into um, making church still really beautiful church. And they really, they really did. And it was still really hard. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for them too, but um, but so now to have it be Kevin, who's like one of my dearest friends and like a brother to me and his wife, Ree, and their kids, um, being the pastor here is just, it is Ephesians 3.20. It is more yeah. than we could ask or imagine. I just didn't know. I didn't know church could be like this. Mm. I didn't know church could be this place that felt like it was where I um, thrive and grow and am more challenged by <laughs> what I'm taught and what I'm asked to do. And yeah, I just am, I'm, I think it's a real beautiful season in churches in Nashville. As he sat here and read that forward, A, I was feeling emotional. So naturally it made me think of the year you were writing this book before we knew it was Kevin. And yeah. you're in this process yeah. of it just feeling like the middle. And I could, yeah. I, my mind was flashing to these moments. I remember you just processing like, I'm staying at Crosspoint. I know I'm supposed to. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's amazing that even that was this revival of obedience even and what that means. Like I remember conversations we would have traveling different places and you would say, yeah, I just know God's keeping me there. I just know I have Mm -hmm. to stay. And you Mm -hmm. had no reason other than like this grounding in your heart that you had to stay here. And then... Revival was coming to yeah. you. Yeah, to me. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully to our city, but to me first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I mean, I I keep seeing in my life over and over again that God kind of offers this opportunity to obey and to stick around or to change something that I don't understand. And every time he shows up in the end, mm-hmm. it doesn't always look the way I thought it would. I would have never picked Kevin, you know? Sure. And, but I mean, I'm glad, it, not because I wouldn't have picked Kevin, but I would have never dreamed that a guy from college and that was a pastor outside of Atlanta would end up coming up here, you know? Yeah. Um, but it is just, it is just amazing that 
and I miss a lot. I mean, you know this, I screw up a lot and don't always get it right. But the handful of times that I have gotten it right of knowing where to be when, Mm -hmm. even when I didn't understand, which is, I mean, we're walking into that too in some, in some areas of my life. And I go like, okay, I know where to be and I know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I get to know why ever, but, but we, my friend Jen Jett always says, um, obedience over the outcome Mm -hmm. and you just obey without knowing the outcome. And, and so as best I can, I try to do that. I'm not really all that great at it. I probably miss more than I hit. But the cross point really was a gift. It was it's the right place. Mm. So he's the right pastor. So knowing that and looking at what looking for lovely was, this lesson of persevering. Yeah. And now you have this lesson of both obedience and wrestling through. Is God really kind? How do you yeah. feel like you're like, perseverance, What's next? <laughs> right? What lessons next? Um, rest. Yeah, uh, serious. My next book will be on vacationing, <laughs> how to do it well. Oh man! But Maybe. how do you feel like perseverance? It, it just seems to me that it's like perseverance built this foundation. That's right. Yeah. Any obedience. of my friends who have walked books with me, you see the growth of my life, mm. right? From even from perfectly unique at the very beginning of coming around the idea that you are not a mistake and God made you on purpose and every part of you is, is on purpose and going from that to speak love about how you use your words and can you be kind and can you, for lack of a better word, can you clean up your language and clean up how you're using your words so that God can use your words Mm -hmm. to let's all be brave. Like what does it really look like to be brave in the life you already have to looking for lovely? Can you persevere through the hard? 100 days to brave, can you actually do the brave thing that's in front of you? And now, can you survive the disappointment? And and if you've done all those other things outwardly, can you do the work inwardly? Yeah. Yeah, I think you can do that with just about any author who writes stories about their life like this. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of trace God's growth in them, hopefully, through their books. Yeah. Um, so it is, it does, it is interesting to think about what happens next. Cause I don't I walk, I want to keep writing books. I'm not done writing books. If I was done writing books, I would be happy to go out on this one. <laughs> like if this is the last story I get to tell about God's kindness and the way he shows up and, and the way that I was, I really had to fight. Hmm. I really had to fight. I mean, it's what, it's the limp and the you blessing, yeah. right? It's the Jacob story. I didn't let go and I'm still don't have everything that I want by any mm-hmm. stretch. And, and so I got a limp out of it and I don't, I'm not, I am, I am not the same. There is, I am cracked and there's, a, there's a part of me that will never be back the way I was. Um, but also I'm, I'm more blessed than I've been as well. So I yeah. would do it again, but I don't know what we, I don't know where we go from here. How to fold <laughs> a fitted neither. sheet. How to fold a fitted sheet. <laughs> We're going to circle back to that. Yeah. So. Yeah. The limp and the blessing. So yeah. when do you feel like you realized that it was both? When do you feel like you realized it? And do you feel like it was different realizing it to embracing? Like, I'm going to have both a limp and embrace what Yeah, I don't. Here's what's really interesting. I don't remember the day I realized it. I remember how I felt. It was very grieving to mm-hmm. me to realize that the limp wasn't an injury that was going to repair. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, you think, uh, this thing hurts. This situation hurt me. The story hurt me. It is like being at a hospital, and I will get rehabilitated, and I will be the same. And what actually is true is that what grieved me was the day I realized I will never be the same. That that sometimes mm-hmm. the stories that we live mark us. And and 
all sorts of people feel that in their story in different ways that the thing that happened to them means they will never be the same. It doesn't mean you're worse. It doesn't mean you're in a bad spot. It just mm-hmm. means you won't, that thing marked you. It yeah. marked you. And um, and so I remember being sad the day I realized like, oh, this this like place in me doesn't go away. Mm. Um, but the blessing is worth it. Because if you look at Jacob's life and when how it played out and, the man of God he became and was and, and how um, pivotal that conversation was with God or that wrestling with God. John is, John Christ is going to die how much we say wrestling Wrestle in this time. episode. Um, but it, it really, they were literally wrestling. Yeah. And it was worth it to Jacob. And you know this, this was worth it to me. Mm-hmm. This was worth it. Everything we do is a response to what God's already done for us. And so it was worth it before page one. I, whatever, there is no cost in my life that even comes close to equaling what God's done for me. Um, but this was an expensive experience. Um, and it was totally worth it because of because of what we said. Like, I feel like I'm more, God and I are more teammates than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't know that if I didn't limp. Yeah. Yeah. And it reminds me of the picture. I've heard, I've heard you explain it several times, but I remember one day when we had a conversation and you were just talking about learning to embrace both beauty and pain going together. Yeah. And yeah. having to hold that tension. Yeah. Both and of them. that's what it makes me keep thinking of just yeah. that, like, it's not only embracing and grieving that there's a limp, it's embracing that beauty and pain go together. Yeah. Yeah. And that, Sucks. Just makes and for a better so life, great. though, right? <laughs> yeah. When we hold both of them, it makes us really appreciate the beautiful moments. Mm-hmm. And you know, my friend Jen, Jet, I keep talking about Jen and I say often to each other, "Savor this, mm-hmm. whatever you're feeling, whether you've been broken up with or proposed to, whether you got a raise or you lost your job, whether life or death, good or bad." Embrace this, savor this feeling because this feeling matters. Whatever you're experiencing matters. And, and you can only do that if you will hold beauty and suffering together. Yeah. If you only pick one, if you focus on suffering all the time, you will drown. If you focus on beauty all the time, you will miss the depth of life. Mm-hmm. And we need both. We need beauty and, and we need to embrace the pain too. Yeah. So um, do you know the last thing I want to do is read the, in the very end of the book, I go to Durham Cathedral in England. And Canon Ian Jagger, the archdeacon of the cathedral, said this prayer while I was there. And and the week after I got home, they emailed it to me. He did. And I've printed it out, and it sits in my office. It's in the front of the book right after Kevin's forward. And so I kind of just want to end there, unless you have more questions. Do you have no. more things? No, this is good. Right. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Thanks. I like when you're on the pod. I love it. You you schedule all of them. <laughs> you email about them and every day. And the girl day. on the other side of the screen behind the microphone. That's right. That's right. So thank you for that. And thank yeah. you. I mean, you know, yeah, just thank you for walking this with me. I know it was uh, – you were probably – the most up close of anybody because you had to sit with me every weekend and watch me teach and then watch me go back and write and just um, labor through it. Mm. So thanks for being, thanks for not quitting for being so close (laughs) in that. Gosh. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons I'm truly, anytime I talk about this book or I say, Annie has a new book coming out. I say, I think it's, I think it's her best. It's, it's my Mm. personal favorite. And I know I know I'm biased because because I walked it with you, but yeah. I'm biased because 
I didn't just walk it with you for you to have a story to tell. I walked it with you and I've watched you be transformed. Yeah. And every word that you write is authentic and every word that you write in this book is just such evidence that you let yourself go where God was going to take yeah. you. Yeah. And I just think that's so valuable and I'm so glad I got to walk it with you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Love you. Love you. Okay, so here's the prayer that Canon Ian Jagger wrote. Oh God, your incarnate son, Jesus Christ, is the eternal word in whom may be read the good news at the heart of all that you are doing. Grant to all who speak or write what many may hear or read, that love of truth which leads to love of God, and that love of God which makes communication of thought a good and holy thing through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm just so grateful to Eliza and Pastor Kevin for being a part of this with me today. I'm really thankful to have them both on my team. I'm glad we now have a pastor for the podcast. Who knew, right? He didn't even sign up for that. Just stuck with us. But also, I just want to remind you again, this music in the background is a song called Precipice that my friend Seth Creekmore, his band is called Creekmore, um, that he wrote to go along with this book after he read it. And the, it is just incredibly beautiful. You can hear the lyrics and um, get the whole song on Spotify, iTunes, really anywhere that you listen to music, you can get it and download it. And if you have not got Remember God yet, today is a great day to do that. As Pastor Kevin says, it would make a great gift. <laughs> do whatever you want, though. If you want to grab the paperback copy or the audio book and grab one for yourself or one for you and a friend, they are available everywhere. Your favorite bookstore, um, your favorite local place here in Nashville. I love Parnassus, but wherever you live, if you have a local bookstore or Barnes & Noble or Amazon, wherever you want to grab it, it is available to you. And I hope that every one of those things that were prayed over this book and continue to be prayed over this book come to life in your life. And um, I'm so thankful for y'all. Thank you for walking with me through the writing of this book and the publishing of this book and now the release of Remember God. So make sure you grab a copy of Remember God and we will see you next week. Hey, and if you need me real quick, of course, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs. That's uh, F as in fancy. At anywhere you want to find me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I am embarrassingly easy to find. So if you need anything, just holler at me there. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope some of you get to read Remember God. Let me know what you think and leave a review for it if you get a chance. That helps so, so much if you can leave a review for the book. So go out and do something that sounds fun to you. I'm going to do the same. And we will see you back here on Monday with Shelly Giglio. Bye.